listening to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this uh, Thursday afternoon, and uh, I'd like to welcome back to the studio Sadia Osmani. Sadia, it's great to see you today. How are you doing? It's good to be back in the studio, actually. Although you know we've got the masks on, but it's nice to see you too, Noreen. Exactly. Sorry, I was a bit <laughs> lost concentration there. I forgot to plug in the audio onto our Facebook page. So those of you who are joining us on Facebook, uh, Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio Three is the page to go to and you'll be able to see Sadia um, not me though I, I, I can't get my own camera working never mind uh, Sadia is the star and thank you so much for, for, for coming uh, in what have you got for us today a really interesting topic yeah, interesting topic it's something that I suppose I think I suffer from too it's this thing of um, busyness like how many of us in the week actually say oh my god you know i'm so busy i've got so much to do and they i mean we keep at it and we're constantly looking at say to-do lists or we're thinking oh i've got to do this i haven't got time for this i haven't got time for this and we are just kind of making ourselves busy and i thought that that was just something that i did that, you know, it's just like, I just do that because that's my habit. But actually, I was just reading up and, and, and I was just looking at some of the articles that are around. And it basically says that it is actually an affliction that we all have now, that we all seem to be so obsessed by making ourselves busy. But what's happening is that there's some research which says that um, being so busy and being so occupied, keeping your mind so occupied all the time, that what's happening is your creativity is actually taking a hit and you're not um, able to sort of switch off and focus on other things because you're just too busy doing stuff. And the, the solution is, is that they're saying, you know, Stanford, um, Dr. Emma Cephala, she's Stanford University, she's done this research and uh, she's saying you have to be able to like switch off and just kind of daydream and just not think about anything else and don't, just be bored and just be bored just lie around for a little while or whatever <laughs> and the idea is that you're supposed to balance your linear thinking um which requires intense focus with creative thinking which is born sort of out of idleness it sounds a bit terrible but i mean it is actually it's supposed to be good for you and switching between the two modes seems to be the optimal way to go and it's interesting because um i tend to work in a very busy way i always have these lists and i'm always i and then even if my list comes to an end, I think... You'll oh, start a new one. I, I'll start a new one. Or I'll think of something else. Oh, I'll go and clean this or I'll do this. So, and then, then when it comes to it, at the end of the day, when you're kind of reporting back to your family and you say, oh, what did you do today? Oh, I've had such a busy day. Oh, my goodness. But actually, I don't stop. I, I just do that. So, I mean, I, I don't know whether there's a lack of creativity there or not. But um, on the other hand, I would say, you know, you need to look at, say, your friends or your partners and things. And my spouse, for instance, my husband will actually just um, stop and he'll kind of flick through things like Facebook or this or that. But he'll just kind of stop and just mull over just things. Chill. Mull over things and, and those creative juices may flow. So what they're saying, and supposedly... Um, you know, according to another study, Americans uh, in 2011, a book was written and it was called The Organized Mind. And the, uh, they say that Americans consumed sort of five times as much information as 25 years ago. And prior to that, outside of work, we process roughly 100,000 words every day. And wow. I think the, the biggest thing is that when we could have switched off, because we have our phones in our hand, how many times has that happened to you? Now, that must have happened a lot. 
even when you sit on a bus, um, you know, instead of just looking out the window and just going, I love doing that. I love people watching just, on the MTR. Oh, well, that's great. So that yeah. means that you're getting uh, that creativity time. Yeah, you know? I, I don't look at my phones when, yeah. when I'm on the MTR. But if you I'm go traveling. on the MTR, if you just look around you, how many people oh. are standing there just glued to their phones? Everyone, everyone that they're, they're watching, uh, I don't know, soap operas yeah. or um, yeah, maybe some of them are listening to the radio and just staring. But a lot of them are scrolling uh, Instagram, you know, mindless yeah, scrolling. Yeah. And if you think, like, you know, if you were to ask somebody that, look, you were on that train, somebody came in with a big axe or, or something, did you see them? And then they were like, oh, didn't even notice because we're just so switched off, aren't yeah. we? So, so what they're saying, the suggestion is, is that how you can counter this is by, say, taking a long walk without your phone um, uh, as part of your sort of daily routine. At the same time, you can try and get out of your comfort zone, you know, where you rely so much upon certain things and certain environments. I think you need to get out so that your mind starts thinking differently. And it says also to make more time for sort of fun and games. I think that might be easier. I mean, you certainly could comment on that. That that might be easier when you've got young children, that you almost have to step aside a little bit from the tasks that you have and and spend some time with the children and, and play fun and games and, and just muck around with them. So that's that's probably equivalent to that kind of idleness as such. And the other thing is to just focus on activities compared to kind of intellectual things where you've got to read and you've got to absorb information so um but but the downside of that is that the potential risk is that it's not a good sign for ones who are kind of who want to perform and they want to do things creativity where you know in reality all of us want to do that and then sometimes there's this fear of missing out FOMO. Yeah, fear of missing out. So then that increases anxiety and then that takes toll on your health in the long run. So I suppose it's just a balance. But it was an interesting subject because I just, you know, there's a big article on Guardian about it and stuff. And then I just thought, well, actually, I never actually thought that it was something that is a subject to be discussed as such. Um, but it seems it's happening. So do you have a to-do list then, Noreen? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a list maker too. It really helps me get things out of my head and onto a piece of paper so I can just have a little checklist. Otherwise, I just keep mulling over it and it just swirls around in my head and you forget things. You know, I think it comes with age. I'm sure yeah. some of our listeners will, will, but will do agree. You, do you sort of cross those things off the list? Yeah, and it's very satisfying. Yes. When, when you, and when <laughs> you, I know, but do you also then, like if you've, if, this is, uh, I don't know whether it's just me being mental or what, but, um, you know, do you also then think of other things that you had to do and then you think, oh, I'm going to put them down on the list so my, looks, my list looks much more impressive and I've actually accomplished a lot more than I thought during this day? Sadia, I'm not going to say on air whether I do that or not. But I'm just... <laughs> She's nodding, all right? Okay. So, I mean, I, I think we're all a bit guilty. I think it's sometimes it's all a matter of really how you are and your personality and how best you function. A lot of people can function quite well in, in kind of chaos like if I'm sitting down to do some work and um, you know I'm surrounded by like say the table's still got dishes on it or things are lying around I can't think straight until I've just cleared things up oh, yeah. so move that sort of clutter out of the way um, so I suppose I can't really think maybe idleness is maybe where you might just soak your feet in some hot water and then you think okay I'll do my nails that's about the 
only time that you're going to kind of switch off as such. But I think, you know, we're all kind of guilty of it. And I'm sure everyone sort of feels that and how many of us are so pushed by things like social media and Facebook. And, and there is, you know, there's evidence to show that every time, you know, your phone goes off or you have a, a like on Facebook, it certainly has a chemical reaction on your body, you know, in terms of your whole emotions and, you, and you're very happy by it. So maybe that's what makes us constantly be busy and we just carry on trying to be busy because it gives us hits. Um, in ourselves in terms of our own satisfaction and what we're doing and stuff. So, so it's an interesting subject. It, what, what you said just now may actually have some sort of basis. I think it's something called the Parkinson's law and that, you know, your work, say you've got a deadline um, tonight at 8 p.m. and you started your work uh, last uh, two days ago, you, you'll sort of find reasons not to do the work and you'll do other things because you're working towards that deadline but you actually work better if you've got a shorter amount of time yeah. because then you won't worry about anything else you'll just sit down and crack on because yeah. you've got that imminent yeah. deadline yeah that's interesting and because that's that works too because I would probably want to if I had a deadline I'd probably want to get it done two days before yeah so it's not a procrastination yeah. really it's just that you've got a, a more sort of you can see but you can see how people work like that absolutely you can see that people but that's all I think on human nature in terms of we're all programmed differently aren't we in terms of how we work but I do think that maybe the whole thing of busyness I say it's funny because I said that to my son the other day and I said you know I don't have time to do this and he said you, you know, don't say you don't have time. You always have time. He's a wise man. Yeah. And and speaking of children, I mean, think about what it's like for for our kids. I mean, uh, they are their schedule is basically jam packed. I mean, maybe less so now during the pandemic. But if you look at the average primary school student or secondary student here in Hong Kong, they go to school. Absolutely. After school, they 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 have maybe tutoring, uh, after school curricular activities, and then when they get home, they've got to do their homework, background reading, and mm. everything. Their time is just packed. This uh, you know, you've got parents who say, you know, my kid's got Mandarin lesson, piano lessons, ballet. No, it's non-stop. And it's non-stop. And where is the downtime for so where our children? Where is creativity coming in? <laughs> exactly. Where the hell yeah, are their children no, getting true. creative? But <laughs> is, it, is it a guilt thing that if you actually stop and you sit there, watch daytime TV and rot or something, that you, you feel guilty in yourself and you think, no, I shouldn't be doing this. This is a real waste yeah. of time or I should be doing something worthwhile. I don't know. I so don't have that guilt of... anymore. I, I love my downtime. Yeah. Right? yeah. I'm just trying to think what kind of downtime I <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. What do you do in your well, downtime? I mean, like, I'm out, whether you think of watching TV as such as your downtime as such, but then that can be pretty exhausting if you're watching a serial or if you're That's watching mindless, something yeah. because you get so engrossed in it and it's quite intensive then. But I think, I think it's a balance. Yeah. I think sometimes watching mindless TV is great and watching something like that, but it's also important where you sit there and Exercise, just do nothing. Maybe. Yeah. You know? Swimming. Exactly. Nothing. When you run or when you when you when you go swimming, when I go running, you know, it's just nice to think of mm. things and think mm. think of how things mm. would play out. We should mark this for a week and see how creative we are after a week if we just get our downtime, you know. <laughs>
build it into our timetable. Yeah. Um, because you suggested this really interesting topic, I was actually Googling ways that uh, you can get creative. And I'm, I'm not even joking. I came across 33 ways uh, to, to boost your creativity. I'm not going to, you know, go through the 33 ways. But one, one thing I particularly like is sitting outside a box. Now, this sounds really strange, but in one study uh, that was published in Psychological Science uh, found that people who sat outside of a box, literally a cardboard box, were better at thinking creatively than people who sat in it. Um, <laughs> and and if you don't have a cardboard bo- if you don't have a cardboard container handy, try sitting in a hallway outside of a room. That's what they suggest. Mm-hmm. So sometimes maybe if you're in a meeting or something and you just suddenly need. <laughs> Um, it's maybe a change you of scenery. You might get some odd looks, but uh, it's worth a try if it boosts your creativity, certainly. Exactly. And something that's easy for us to do is just staring at something blue or green. And apparently those are uh, are proven to improve on performance on cognitive tasks. Um, so maybe that's why Newton, you know, staring at the, the blue sky when the apple fell on him. Uh-huh. Maybe that's how you go. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to look up those uh, those things I'll, and I'll see get, about take, creativity. Yeah, I know. I, I need to boost my creativity. The other one is have some booze. Um, I'm not a big drinker, but I can see how that might benefit um, some people because I've spoken to friends before um, and they say, you know, I had this drink and this idea came to me. I'm like, well, it's I suppose I mean, I I don't actually drink, so I I don't really know. But I mean, I think that maybe alcohol is just a sort of relaxer. And and so that relaxing thing is when you because, you know, when you're wound up and you know you've got things to do, you can't actually relax because if you are that type of person that wants to get those done. But I suppose alcohol just comes in and just hits the system and then eventually hits the system. And then you just think, okay, I'm not bothered. And that's when you reach that mode of being quite relaxed. Yeah. So, yeah, I could see that that could work. Maybe chocolate and other things, something that you enjoy. I mean, I would I would parallel that with any kind of nice food and stuff. Any drug. Once you've had a really a good meal and, and then you're absolutely relaxed and satisfied and then you can just lie around because you really can't do much after that. So, so maybe that's another. But I think we all have our own ways of being able to relax, whether it's kind of, you know, painting your nails or doing yeah. your hair or whatever but yeah I suppose we're all going to have to look at options but I think with the pandemic I think quite a few of us maybe that whole thing of being in the house and being surrounded by that environment that maybe we have become a bit more creative because of that yeah because it's only like when it's forced on you you can't really do anything else that Um, forced relaxation yeah. yeah and because in a way you're out of the box of your working environment aren't you and then and then maybe with different surroundings we become it'd be really interesting to see if there's any kind of studies as to because generally you know some of the large companies like google and facebook etc they're they're now um looking at how workers can work at home because they're finding that they've been as as productive as they ever were really and that you know there's people spending an awful lot on offices and all sorts so so maybe there is something to be said about the fact that when you are independent by yourself in your home or whatever 
then automatically your brain kind of relaxes a little bit more and you're able to think outside the box instead of being surrounded by these walls and people who are constantly sort of looking at you. So it'd be interesting, kind of a bit of research actually, to show how productive we have been. I wonder how the pandemic has somewhat sort of restored this work-life balance to, to an extent where people are, you know, baking, but still able to do their work from home and spending a little bit more time with their family because this is really important. I think I think in the past couple of decades, I think work-life balance has really been broken. Yeah. It's a system that really people strive to work harder, which is great to provide for their family, but at the same time, they're working really long hours, taking work home. No, I'm sure it's seen as like the norm. If Absolutely. you didn't take work home, it's like, well, what's going on? Yeah. Sort yeah. of thing. But and, yeah. I, and I think also that maybe we have been procrastinating. Lots of people have been procrastinating, saying that, oh, I will spend time with the family. I will, I will. When I get some time, when I'm not so busy, I will spend time. But then what's happened is that the pandemic's actually made people spend time and they've actually realised that it's actually quite nice. Yeah. It's really lovely being with the kids or it's really lovely having that time out. And it's been, and, and what the the thing is, is that it's not just one person who's doing it. It's the whole world who's doing it. So suddenly you can't be offended or you can't really say anything about, say, in, during a meeting, if a child walks into the room or climbs or a cat climbs all over you or whatever, it's just part of, uh, part of this new norm, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think we're all a little bit more relaxed about it, you know, as long as we understand that yeah there's work to be done and you need that time but maybe we're just more productive in that time now so who knows changes the the new normal absolutely it's not going to change i think we've learned a lot i think generally people have learned a lot through this time and there are some things that perhaps won't change yeah um that we will learn from this and pick up on those changes and change our life like that. Absolutely. So finally, before I let you go, Sadia, how do you relax then? I mean, I, I don't know why cooking comes yeah. from because you're yeah, such yeah. a good cook. Yeah, I cook. I, but I is like, that relaxing? Because I find is. it quite stressful. Well, I, it is quite relaxing in that it's kind of therapeutic in a way. Like, you know, you like if I'm making a cake, I don't, yeah. because I don't get too hassled about, like if you, if you don't cook very often, then you might get a little bit stressed thinking, yeah. I don't know how much to put in. Exactly. I'm not sure. And I think that's half the problem with cooking in that people suddenly get so um, caught up on, on ingredients and that it's like amount. muscle memory for you. Yeah, and then you just do it. Like, you know, so even when I make a cake, I just think, oh, well, I'll just, uh, like I'm just telling my son now that I'll just throw it in. That should be enough. That should be all right. <laughs> you uh, eyeball the ingredients. You don't even measure the well, flour. Well, I do. I measure the flour, but mm. I have an idea that, okay, if I don't have enough of this or that, I'll just stick some more and I'll put less sugar in. But people just feel like oh no you can't change it it'll change the whole thing but i think if you're more relaxed about it then you won't find it stressful so cooking yes excellent advice well sadia always a pleasure to have you on the program and i look forward to uh, chatting with you again next week thank you very much indeed